the morning. It is a beautiful morning. We have the Colonel with us. Before we get into the Colonel, James and the Colonel, I'll do I gotta it. tell us. It's been a while you. since you told one of these stories, so please. This is this is this one is in my head for a year. I, it goes back to I think 2017. The Colonel and I were in Clearwater, Florida, for it might have been an APGA conference, may have been something like that. And we're a bunch of us are outside. It's at the end of the day, 6:30 at night, and there's like 16 of us outside, and we all want to go to dinner, and nobody can figure it out. Nobody. And all of a sudden, out of the door, I, I feel this wind because this like six foot nine gentleman comes walking out and it's like breeze is blowing. It's a colonel. Colonel walks up and goes, Jimmy, what's the situation here? I said, we have 16 people that need to go to dinner. We don't know how to get there. He goes, sounds like a logistics issue. And I said, Colonel, it is. He's like, how much cash do you have on you? I'm like, I don't know, $14. So I gave him money. And he went away. I said, well, you know, that's it. All of a sudden, a few minutes later, a few minutes later, we're all standing there still hemming and hawing, can't figure out how to get to dinner. This shuttle bus pulls up. All of a sudden, the door opens up. The colonel says, climb aboard, folks. We're going Love to dinner. That, that, John, remember that? That Remember that? I, I might have embellished, embellished part of that, but the colonel was instrumental in getting that shuttle bus. And got us to dinner. You were in, in, yes, the six foot nine, it's six three, but that's okay. Everything else is probably close to accurate. <laughs> well, I was not on that bus just for full disclosure, um, in case any of my HR friends are listening. John, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to get you on the show. I don't know, you know, what all the odds against us. We finally did it. Here we are. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, it's great to be here, and I'm excited to be here because uh, you guys are. Um, this podcast thing's new to me, so uh, uh, when I got Same. to do your show, when I got to do your show, it was uh, in um, in Irvine, Texas, uh, for your guys' conference, which, yep. by the way, is one Arlington, of my yep. favorite Arlington, one of my favorites ever, because we got to hang out in a party suite at the baseball game. And now everything I do is, can I equal that? Yeah, man. we set the bar high on that one. It, it, it really will skew baseball from this point forward, too. You know, you'll be sitting in your normal seat one day, just sad. From, <laughs> well said. <laughs> well said. It was a great sad. time. It'll never be the same. Never. No, John, I was, uh, we were joking in the pre-show, but uh, I mean, it's kind of the truth I hear that you've kind of been on the podcast circuit. We were we were joking with the Upsco guys in an email or chain earlier today, but you're fresh off of being on their show, Connections for Life. Yeah, I uh, that was um, now that one we probably talked for an hour and fifteen minutes. I think we were, you know, on the the computer side of it where we were getting taped for uh, I don't know an hour of it. But I thought to myself, if that's how podcasts will be for me. And I want to do this for life. <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> careful, careful. I had a lot of fun with them. I certainly did. They were, uh, it was energized. I mean, it's like energy. It's in this group. We got, there's energy. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you, if, if, um, if we start rec recording the pre-shows, that's where it's at. But, you know, there'll have to be a few disclaimers on it. That's for uh, sure. A few edits. So, John, I have a question for you before we get started because, and I'm just going to be honest because um, 
I want, I mean, I'm an emotional intelligence guy. I'm a, I take as much data in as possible. And there's a question I have for you because I want out of respect. Uh, everybody calls you the colonel. I've heard that. All right, I'm a civilian. I didn't grow up in a military family. Am I allowed to call you the colonel? Look, what's the rules? Spoken or unspoken, what rules do I need to follow, John? You know, uh, I'm a retired Army colonel, and I I have no issues with it. You calling me colonel? None. Okay. Uh, you right. can call me John, and you can call me whatever. But mm-hmm. I kind of like colonel. Um, I will tell you, once upon a time, I do know you know my first name, so that's always good. But um, one time my chaplain, I called my chaplain, chaplain, and he said, sir, do you know my first name? And I said, nope. And so I will tell you that uh, I've met a few U.S. congressmen and U.S. senators in my time, and they don't know my first name, but they know I'm the colonel. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, for a while, I didn't know any different because that's what everybody calls you, right? So I, I really, I did not know your name either. I, well, and I think it's a term of love and, and respect too. you know, like yeah, when absolutely. we see each other, the other over each other over the years and I say, hey, Colonel, it's like immediately we, you know, look and we're like, yeah, there, there's a, a long term friend, you know, somebody that knows me yeah. and such like that. So I say it that way. Uh, what well, real quick on that, I, I've worked for many generals and those generals I work for, you know, we're all old now and they're 70. I'm 60. And they keep saying, call me by my first name. I can't do it. Yeah, it's tough. I can't do it. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. It is what it is. All right. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to know that. I, I want to, well, I just want to follow the rules, you know, where I can, <laughs> where I can. I want to, I mean, it's respect for me is really what it's yeah. about. So John, I, I'm, and Jim, I'm just kind of running on, on, on this part. Cause I'm really intrigued because I heard recently from a friend of ours, Steve Allen, who might be undercover. I don't know. He's everywhere. But he said, you better watch out. The colonel's going to be competition. And he sent a report over, and I heard that you might be a competitor in the podcast game. And I want to know a little bit more about that. Okay, well, it's real simple. It's your fault because you guys had me on your uh, show at uh, the EWN conference. And uh, the first I, I walked up, you asked me to do it. I walked up. And you asked me, blah, 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 about, you know, Colonel, you know, uh, you know, what, yeah. what about me? And then all whatever of a sudden, about you. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you said, what do you think about being brave? And I went, holy crap. Yep. So then I told you on that show that I had, I just spent the last two hours with Ted P and yep. that's being brave. That dude's a combat veteran. That man's yeah, been man. shot at. He's done some crazy stuff. And I, I said to myself, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now because if I if that's what we get to do on podcasts and then you know we're in such a business of energy and energy is what makes our country run and go and the importance of natural gas and block, you know all that kind of stuff I said man I got to do that and I'm getting ready to go in at that time to be the chairman of the board of American Public Gas and oh by the way I actually work at Huntsville Utilities. That's what I was about to say. I don't even know if we even ask you to to give a flyover. So thank you. See, you're going to do fine at this, John. Well, the flyover is simple. It's, you know, I work in Huntsville Utilities. Um, I'm the vice president, senior vice president for customer care, which is, you know, taking care of folks. And um, my old boss, Jay Stowe, who's now at JEA, Jacksonville Energy, Mm -hmm. as its CEO, he... When I took over my job, he said, hey, I'm, I do all the electric stuff. I need somebody to do the gas. 
And so I got involved in APGA through that process. And then uh, somehow magically after six years, I'm, I'm chairman now. And I said, I have a wonderful communication shop that works for me. Yep. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys that are in a wonderful team and I've set them up. They have their own studio. They have their own stuff. I'm blessed with that. And I called Todd and I said, Hey Todd, you want to do this podcast? And they jumped on it. Love so, it. uh, that's where it all. And then we did our first one. It ha- it's coming out live tomorrow. My first one, your competition's coming out live. T- well, not live, but take tomorrow. Um, and we're all excited about it. And, yeah. uh, and so no matter when this airs, just to clear it up, because I don't know when this necessarily yeah. will air, but this is August 5th. We're going to be rolling that out is what it sounds like. Uh, how's that been, John? How? Well, it's how? Been, it, I'll tell you what. I used your approach on how you did at EWN. Now, today's a different approach. You got me on the show for, you know, whatever minutes. But there we were moving. You were getting people in and out. Yeah. And I now love that so much. I plan on doing this in um, October at the operations conference. In Savannah? Uh, I plan on doing it again in Minnesota, you know, here in Huntsville. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, and I'm planning on doing very similar how I did it there. And uh, I've taken my team and then come back here and then close it out when I do my years up. All I have to say, I got it from you guys. So James, Savannah. Yeah, you know what's happening, all right? John, we're going to be there. We're bringing the show there as well. I, oh, it my would, dueling shows. We're going to, well, I was going to say, we, we need to collaborate on that with, with your team over at Huntsville Ooh, and, and really make it to where we can, you know, I don't want to say merge it together, but. I mean, why not, right? So uh, anything we can do, we have the setup. We have a bunch of stuff, too. So uh, oh, wow. we'll talk about that, right? I, I, I like I, it. I, so my flyover is that's where we are. Uh, I, we're trying to determine um, how many – are we going to do it once a week, once every couple of weeks? We, we're, I wanted, I'm, at the, I'm almost at the point now I want to do it every day, but I know that can't happen. Yeah, John. So, oh, uh, it gets exhausting. Yeah. It, well, I, I, I can appreciate that now. and um, In a good way. In a good oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm only talking to my friends. I'll tell you what, I only have a few friends. You'll run out of content in no time, John. I'll tell you what. Uh, (laughs) Our first year, we were having our friends on four or five times. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. It's been an experience. You know, we've really managed. This sounds like it's not an awesome personal product, you know, a passion project, but we really put some structure around manage it like a project and put it on rails and made it where we could sustain it once we start traveling again. And honestly, just like what you said, we love the in-person stuff so much. Yeah. Uh, we can have, we had 30 people on at LGA a few weeks ago and we, our cup was full as you can yeah. imagine. We have enjoyed that part. So there's a lot of work in it, but you know, these types of conversations, John, you wouldn't have talked to me if I didn't have a podcast. Let's be honest. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I was, I'll, I'll say this. Um, it, it is that when you do the kind like we do at show, you know, where we're bringing them all in, that is, a, we, I, it was an hour and a half for the reception. I did it at the reception yep. and um, up in, up in Minneapolis. And I ended up, it was an hour and a half, but I ended up doing it for two hours. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm going to get one every 10 minutes. Heck, I, I didn't get anywhere close to that. <laughs> I mean, three hours, I got 10 people, I think. That's so, great, uh, though. That's perfect. Right. 
and Everybody I bet it was so organic. People just wanted to come up and chat, you know, and just hang. Well, just like I got grab a few. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just gotta you gotta you know force people to get on. It's funny you say that because you'll. That's another part. You look, you're not new to having conversations, but there's something about putting a mic in front of somebody, yeah. and it changes it, right? Not up for you, but your guests and learning. Absolutely. I tell you what, there's nothing like it. And we've joked about it with Upsco a few times. Nothing like getting a guest on and you're like, so tell me, you know, how do you how do you love this industry? Oh, I love it. Uh well tell me about that. Yeah, I just love it. You know, and and you gotta all of a sudden you're you, you gotta lean on some skills and go to work, right? So it's yeah, been fun. Yeah. You don't always get people like Steve Allen. Or uh, Jeff Weiss or, or the colonel on here that you just throw a mic to and they leave and walk around and tell you all about it, right? Uh, Love Steve it. Was a, Steve was one, was one of the ones I interviewed Well, I did the podcast with up there. So, he's a uh, professional, yeah. too, at this point. Yeah. I think he's been on more podcasts than Jim and I. Wow. Yeah. I, he's I he's like a professional it. with that. John, I want to continue on with the, the journey, you know, going from your career in the military and then hopping over into the natural gas and being a natural gas champion that you are. I mean, you are viewed as that. How, how did you make that leap? And, and again, everything that you've been involved in the leadership roles, especially now with APGA, which again, we thank you, APGA, I'm sure thanks you, we all do. Um, un, unpack that a little bit for us. Well, you know, um, I got out of the army in 08 and um, I went to work and did, you know, contractor business development stuff. And here in Huntsville, which is, is not hard, it, it's easy to do here because we have so much. The city's growing tremendously. And uh, Redstone Arsenal has 42,000 people to drive on it every day to go to work. So uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that. When you, if you bless me enough to come to the uh, Huntsville uh, in uh, eight, May next year for the supply conference, I'm, my plan is to get a tour of the Arsenal and you guys get, get a whole tour of the, I'll give a tour of the whole Arsenal and drive around and stuff. And uh, so anyway, um, one of my themes that I talk to people a lot is you're always at an interview because um, you might be in the greatest job in the world, but you might not. And so um, I spoke in front of, I don't know, four or 500 people in 08. I came into a very boring environment. Everybody was kind of sleepy hollow. And I came in and I've been blessed with a gift and I got them all fired up. Well, one of the gentlemen in that room that day was the... Um, COO of Huntsville Utilities. Five years later, he invites me out to lunch and um, we're talking and he goes, would you be interested in being, a, you know, maybe you know, applying for the job of VP of customer care? And we talked about it and he said, well, and, and that was his mantra, always at an interview. Well, I came to work for Huntsville Utilities, but before that, I also did city council for four years. Mm. And it was, I had three years of city council when I took the job. And so I didn't run again. Um, and then I've been here nine years and then the boss, you know, electricity is our number one, uh, uh, revenue driver at our company. It's about 500 million in revenue. We're 200 and some thousand electric customers. And, uh, and then water and gas we do, we're tri-service water and gas yeah. as well. So he needed somebody in the gas world. And one of our old guys, Jimmy Butler, was on the APGA board, but he's reti was retiring. So the boss wanted some movement and that he got me in there. And then I'm just intrigued by it. And then I just love, I just love the people in this game. The people. And, yeah. uh, and we're 62,000 
So we're the 16th largest municipality out of the thousand that are out there. And no one, and we know 500,000 is Philly and, you know, uh, the San Antonio is about the same. So, and in Cincinnati now just came in, they just came on the team, got in the game. Wow. They're pretty big too. So all that to say, that's, that's, that's how it all started. And then, uh, I was one of those guys, they asked me three years ago, and I want to be chairman. I said, what? You know, all these guys are normally engineers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, um, I don't know. Uh, that's where we are. And, and, and you know, I, I actually do love it. So, you I do. love leading. I love, I love, um, I, I just love, I love helping people is really what yeah. I like doing. So, it is. Yeah. You know, um, I being somebody who is newer to the industry, um, myself, I'm my eyes are wide open, and I've been really impressed with the APGA. Uh, for those that maybe aren't as familiar with APGA, what are some of the things, John, that that you're working on? You know, to bring, you know, more focus to, or you know, what are some of the initiatives that that are your focus um, this year or this? Well, term, well, you know, um, we. You know, the common things like the furnace rule and, and I, Dave Shriver did a pitch on that on my podcast. It's going to come out someday. And he, he he's, can already, do he's already he, stealing he's our thunder on our he, podcast. You know, he can kill it on that. There's so much going and it's so wrong with the industry, what the world's trying to do to us. And we've got to combat, uh, combat that. Um, we, uh, we need to sell more natural gas. We need to be doing more things with natural gas vehicles we need to be looking at uh, landfills. We need yeah. to be looking at um, uh, sewage, uh, you know, where our yeah. sewage goes and taking that methane and turning it into natural gas. There's credits world out there. We got a new team member at Ingevity uh, uh, that is a silver sponsor at APGA that's playing in that game, pushing it, um, and it's helping. Uh, we're making a big push this year on RNG. Um, trying to get more sponsors and play in that space so that we can keep our dues low, keep having the guys at APGA fight the fight on the hill to make sure that everything just keeps going. And it kind of lines up with my theme, which is freedom to fuel. And I'm not leading into it. I'll, a I'll answer that question when it comes, but I'm all about options. I just don't want anybody telling me I got it. All I can do is electrification. That, that doesn't work. And it's not what I fought for. I didn't fight for that. That's why Freedom to Fuel is perfect for me um, this year. And I'll show it right now. Ooh. That's our magazine this year. Look this at that, the out. source. And um, we really, I, I, this, I wish I could say this was my idea. It was talking to APGA, Audrey, and I was telling her my wish, witches. And when I was up there and she said, you know, I know what she did. She said, Army Colonel, freedom, fought for freedom, that. And then all of a sudden, I showed up at the show, and there's that bad boy, and that is so. Yeah. That's slick. I almost want to make a logo out of that. And, I tell you uh, what, you need that picture in the background there. I'm not telling you, you know, if you're going to be a podcaster, <laughs> it's part of the gig, John. Well, you will see that Todd, my guy, has a neat one in the background on ours. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that, and I'll say it now when you see it, is it's a flame with a flag in it. That his son, who's in college, actually drew for Very him, fun. and he's a summer hire. So uh, we're, you know, it's, we're keeping it in the family. You know, love it, love it. Awesome. Well, John, John, you um, you mentioned earlier a little bit about 
you know, being out at EWN Con with us and fellowshipping, but also you kind of came to work. Also, we put we put you to work, stuck you on a panel. Uh, it was an awesome panel. In fact, you know, I get to see all the survey results. Um, I just I know a guy, and um, that was one of the you know sessions or, that we had that people really raved about. Uh, which was our leaders in pipeline safety. John, why, why, and it really spurred into leadership as a whole, which was one of the greatest dialogues the whole day, I think. Um, why is leadership so important, John? Like, where did that fuel come from? Was it your time in the military? Was it someone before that? I'd love to know that. Well, um, you know, this environment is all about, what well, we, we want to do natural gas, but you want to do it safely. Yeah. And you want it secured. Well, you know, everything we do in the military or in the world, we should be doing, you should be thinking about safety and security. I would say security wasn't such a big deal back in the day, but now you got security going every which way and not. I mean, you got it, a cyber security, you got you know, security yeah. in your buildings and security, you know, are they getting into your computer or the hardware mm. or whatever? Um, and then from a leadership, you got to walk to walk and talk to talk and you never pass up a mistake. That's something that uh, we have to teach. You know, you don't learn that, um, just learn it. It, it. it actually comes, I made this comment, uh, I think I made this comment another somewhere else, but I know I can say it here. Probably you know, on another Army, podcast. Army, well, the Army um, believes in training and they train their leadership. So I was in the Army 27 years, and if you add up, Officer basic course, advanced course, command general staff college, war college, all the other stuff. It added up to four years. So out of 27, four in school, um, that, that's significant. And I, I, I could be off on my numbers right now, but back in my day, 10% of the Army at one time was 450,000. 10, 45,000 are in school somewhere wow. every day. So we have bought into it. Now in the civilian world, all, one, all of a sudden, one day, they make you leader, and you go, holy crap, where's the skill set? Where, yeah. you know, how do you, is there such a program as leadership by walking around? Is there, do you really, actually, <laughs> anything, right? You really care about your people to the point where, what, you know, when you work for me, I'm, my goal is I know how many kids you got. I know where your kids go to school. I know their ages. Yeah. I know what makes you tick. I can look in your eyes and see you're having a crappy day, all of that. But it all leads to when you were talking at your conference, people were just, what are some general things to do? And general things to do is you got to get out, first of all. You know, how about this? Your guys are out there digging a ditch, putting in gas line, gas main. When's the last time you went out as a leader and checked on them? In the 100 degrees where it's freaking hotter than all hell. Mm. And do they got their water with them? Do they got their helmets on? Do they got the appropriate tools? Are they wearing their gloves? You know, uh, and the beat goes on. So is, is the leader is, checking their assets to make sure everything is... Uh... <laughs> You see what I just did tracer, there? So tracer plug. No, uh, he I does will tell you, that's a good plug because yeah. yesterday, um, my guy Todd Gentle, who's our uh, director for natural gas at our place, he was on that pop, not the, the on the the, on the webinar a thing yesterday. Yep, he was, webinar. He, yep. he was on there webinar, and I said so. I said, hey, what do you think of the webinar? 
said it was a great webinar. In fact, I just, that's not old news. I found that out yesterday. And then he said, we need to be looking at Tracer as a possibility of using some of their stuff. We do do stuff with EWN right now, sure. but there was another example that uh, he got inspected on something and knows that your product would probably help. Yep, absolutely. You know, and that's what we're doing. It's awareness right now. It's almost like what you talk about with leadership. Is yep. that we try we walk the talk and and we bring people along on a journey. Yep. You know, uh, it kind of you you hit on, you know, for a long time we've been about physical safety, right? I mean, safety, security, you were talking about that. Then we kind of moved into information security, right? So the data side of where we have to protect it. And then there's this third element that's kind of bundled up now, the more we look at it. And honestly, it kind of falls into psychological safety, right? I mean, that's what leaders are winning with right now. You can tell pretty clearly, especially over the last couple of years, the ones that weren't that close to folks. And it showed in a heartbeat, right? Um, we're kind of forced our hand a little bit, but really digging into that and realizing people are not going to do their best work if they're they don't feel safe to do it and that's mentally as well absolutely it's an entire it's an entire package and um you know it's a it's a it's a walk and it takes a long time um you know I, i'm obviously much better at it today than i was in <laughs> 1982 when i graduated but I, I was given a skill set where I went to military school. So I went to Citadel and I felt like um, when I left there, I was given the tools that because uh, I'm a big believer in this. You learn as much from going to school from your contemporaries sitting there with you than you ever do in the classroom. Yeah. The teacher, uh, my opinion. Um, and uh, it's the it's the uh, we joke about it, but I'm serious. We go out after and have dinner, and a couple drinks. There's as much gain from that camaraderie talking. Hey, what are you doing over there? How's how, what's your thoughts on this? And you get it opened up, and it's it, it's pretty powerful, uh, and it's something that I'd live by. Um, like today, this morning, it's not uncommon. I don't I don't mean this. Everybody needs to do it, but I just saw we promoted somebody down in the gas department this morning, and I picked up the phone and called him. He about flipped out. You know, the senior VP called down to say congratulations on a supervisor yeah. job and well that's important and then what do absolutely. i absolutely my commentary to that is it's something i always say we didn't promote you on what you did we promote you on what you think you're gonna do that's a good point and, and uh because you know you might have been the greatest truck driver but if we don't think you have potential to be more than a truck driver and lead truck drivers and why are we why are we promoting you get what I'm saying? So, no, that's that's and, cool. and that really exemplifies everything I know about you, Colonel. Because the idea I know last week we had a, a we're running around with some logistics, and all of a sudden my phone started ringing within like two seconds of an email. And it was a Colonel calling me. We just caught up, and I learned about the freedom to feel, which I think is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I, I want to ask you a question, though, Colonel. Being a leader of you know everything that you've experienced over the last decades of your life the last two years not to belabor that but just that time period where we had to do, start doing things differently what's been some of the biggest takeaways that you've learned and how has that transformed into maybe different or enhanced leadership skills or abilities yeah uh i would say no way in heck would i ever thought we could work from home it, okay it, it was not in my cards now i say that whoop, now i'll change gears on you um, 
I have a phone center that worked for me. I had, we had developed pre-COVID, I mean, five, six years ago, five folks that could work from home and run their systems from home. Um, but it was given to the ones that performed the best because everything <laughs> in the phone center is gradable. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we, we have all, every calls listened to, blah, blah, blah. So when you have measurable things, I don't have a problem with you working from home now. Yeah. I, total trust. I can measure you. I can look at your numbers today and see what you did. I can listen in on your call, blah, blah, blah. Now, I will say um, it's not, I think I, I kind of like the hybrid approach, but it, you'd ask me a hybrid approach two years ago, not happening. Yep. Not, yeah, not and, and I think it's worth noting, too, that what we're realizing a little bit more is if we're going by data, right, like that data, who's to say that person doesn't do their best work remote, right? So it's hard to be, you know, amongst other people, whatever the situation is, right? So our data is really based on them not being in the right environment. And yeah. with that change, what does the data look like? So, I, yeah, it's been an interesting thing. Well, you know, it's like protocol. I'll give you this one. Pre-COVID, you couldn't have, um, we didn't let anybody work from home that had little ones. It, it, it didn't happen. And wow. if, if you heard a dog barking in the background, you got graded against. And if your little kid walked up and sat in your lap while you're doing something, you got graded against. Mm. Now, we still don't like that, but now we just kind of go, oh, well, let's go, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah, address it, move on. Yeah. yeah um, the world understands. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the world, you know, you may have heard two dogs over here a few minutes ago, and it's like yeah. you two years ago, I would have panicked. I would have been like, okay, we have to restart or whatever. The dogs are now it's like people are like, well, I have dogs too, you know. I mean, and, just yeah. for the record, John, I do great against him on those though. <laughs> so I'm fair. I mean, I do it to all, even our guests. John, we're we're kind of getting closer to our end point, but you know, sometimes this question goes off on a tangent. So you know, we may still have ten more minutes in us. Uh, but we, before we wrap up, we always kind of give the floor to our guests. And sometimes for people, that's uh, a chance for them to educate people on a product or a, a thing or an idea or an innovation. But for some, it's a it's a platform just to give it all away is what we say. You know, we can't take it with us. Is there anything the colonel, out of respect, the colonel would like to give it all away? Well, you know, first of all, this has been I, I absolutely enjoy this. If you had figured it out, I actually do enjoy it. Uh, when, when I saw that call 10 minutes ago, oh, hell, I got time. I can do this because um, I, I, I love it. Um, here's the deal. This is I am retiring after my time as um, chairman and past chair. Um, and then I'm going to do something else. And I don't know what that something else is, but I'm going to do something else. But I can't find a better way to retire than is chairman of, uh, you know, American Public Gas, something that I'm intrigued by, something that I believe in, something that I know our country is the best at, uh, something I think we should do even more and find other ways to do it and combat the, the, the naysayers. There's so many na the naysayer communities, not that big, but it's a loud naysayer community. Yeah. And we need to, and we need to combat, take it head on. Got guys like us that can take it head on. 
Guys like Dave Shriver can take it head on. Aaron Carella, you know, Amen. Stuart Salters, all Amen. those folks. And they'll write things up for you. They'll give you what you need. If you go somewhere and you need something, that they'll have it for you. Um, yep. I am so comfortable with that. And uh, But, you know, it's relationship-driven. And that's that I think there it is. Yep. Everything is about relationships. Yep. I know now I can call EWN. I can call our boys up there, you know, uh, with UPSCO. I can call them UPSCO. I can call them. I know I, I called Dave Shriver this morning about something. I called Ed Young, who's retired, about something. Yeah. Yeah. Ed so, Young sounds. Yeah. So it's, so it's about relationships. And then I'll say this. All these guys, these municipalities, they're, you know, you want their business. And that's what you want. Um, I want you to have a fair shot at our business. And we had a thing in the Army that used to give me, get me upset every once in a while. And we learned I won this battle when it's all said and done. Pre 9-11, we were not very welcoming in the Army to contractors. We, uh, we called them slimy A contractors because it was all about the money. Yeah. And it got under our nerves. But when we went to war during 9-11 until today, we could have never done it without the contractor on the battlefield. Never, never, never done it. So my point to APGA, my point to my municipal brothers and sisters that are out there, we can't do it without EWNs. We can't do it without your tracer capability. We can't do it without Ed Young's and his outfit. We can't do it without UPSCO. We can't get there from here. So I, I just sent this email. This Well, I'm getting ready to send it. My company right now has the requirement for 600 transformers in the electric space. Homes are ready to be built, but I don't have them. Yep. I don't have them. Now, that's the world we're in now, but it's about relationships. And I know my team over at Huntsville Utilities is working their butt off to call all their brothers and sisters that play in that space and doing everything you can, they can do to yep. get those transformers so we can continue to build. I'll leave it at that. It's all about relationships. This podcast is relationship driving. And the one I'm going to have you on when we dual, you know, uh, dual piano uh, at Savannah, we, we'll, we'll figure that out. I'm, I'm excited about that. So that I, am too. I hope that didn't take you to a killer tangent, but oh, I love it. I didn't have relationships on my thing, but then I thought to myself, it's all about relationships. Every dad burn thing of it. I'll yeah. close with this on my arm. You allow me one more minute, please. I, was, I had a program called training with industry in the army. And they send some of us guys that were doing very well off to work for a corporation, spend a year and wear civilian clothes. I went with a company called FMC corporation out in San Jose, yep. San Jose, California that built Bradley fighting vehicles. And I, my, my background is, is my guys main fix Bradley fighting vehicles. I say this to you. I'm sitting at Fort Stewart, Georgia. After we did um, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, two years later, we thought we were going to war again. We looked at our Bradley fighting vehicle fleet, which is 116 of those bad boys. And every one of them has two tank pump units, two fuel tanks. And they have little tank pump, little tank pump unit things that pump the make it go around sure you can run the vehicle off one but you really need two 
I had 116 of them and I only had one in every one of them that worked. And we're trying to go to war. We've exhausted the entire, at that time, the entire supply system up to depot level. I was able to pick up the phone and call because we didn't have the hardwire phone back in those days, 1993 to be exact, and call FMC Corporation. Those gentlemen took 24 of those offline and sent them to me in a FedEx package. Wow. By the time I got them, we didn't go. So I allowed the system to work and I allowed them to put them in the system. Well, so one of my buddies said, well, you still pay for them. I don't know if I ever paid for them or not. It doesn't matter. That relationship that I built, and that's what the Army was trying to do, that relationship I built at San Jose, California, at FMC, allowed them, I called and said, hey, I need help. I'm in a powerful job. I was a material officer for an entire division as a major, and they sent those suckers overnight. It don't get any better than that. It does not. And I'll tell you, Colonel, you're, you talk about relationships, you, you exemplify that. And I'll say one trait that you have that I've always noticed and I admire you for it is your ability and wanting to listen. You, you know, you ask a question, you've, over the years, you've asked me something, I give you an answer and you just don't gloss it off. You actually listen to me, understand it. That's wild, yeah. What a well, talent you have, John. You know, it was probably three minutes every time where he's like, all right, I got three minutes. I'll listen to him. But seriously, you do that so well. I'm proud to call you. uh, We're all proud to call you our great friend. Thank you so much. It's feelings mutual, guys. And I'm here to help you in any way I can. Absolutely. Well, John, um, I want to go back to something you said right at the beginning and kind of the start of your, you know, podcast aspirations. But uh, again, thank you for being brave, doing all those things that that we talked about, all the stories that came up today, but also continue to be brave, stepping out and uh, bringing more people, more connections. Uh, Like you said, a relationship building uh, with your own podcast. So anything we can do, man, I need one of those little pins. Is that a Huntsville utility? I'll tell you what, are you, you and you two, my honorary members, we will get, you will have these pins when you come to the conference. How's that? All right. We're going to hook up on that, Jimmy. Man, one of my favorite shows. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Better watch out for the Colonel. Yeah. Coffee with the Colonel or whatever he'll. Yeah. I just hope he has us on. He will. Well, I'll slip him $14 again. We'll get on, James. (laughs) Until next time on Coffee and Jim and James, follow the Colonel and go check out the city. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Colonel.